Cody Derricks. Hi. So this is our first episode since the Tony Awards. We had our whole thing where we did our nomination predictions and our show predictions and a recap of the show. We did a lot with the Tonys, but now it feels like that is so far behind us. We have a new Broadway season on the horizon, which is all very exciting. But we're not going to talk about that Broadway season today. In fact, I'm going to make you wait a few minutes until I tell you what we're going to talk about today. Unless you've looked at the title. Otherwise, there's no suspense to be had here. But before we get into our main topic, I just want to go around the so-called water cooler here for a minute and ask everyone uh, what you've seen lately, what theater-related uh, topics do you have to talk about, just anything relating to Next Best Theater and what we do here. So just to go around, uh, Nicole, let's start with you. I know you're, you've had some big changes since our last episode, but yes. have you been able to catch up with anything? Yeah. Um, so I, just after the Tonys, basically, I ended up seeing uh, all of these shows are, were my second time, but um, My Fair Lady, Kiss Me Kate, Beetlejuice, and Oklahoma. Um, the first three of those I saw with my family while they were up in New York visiting, and uh, my whole family were thrilled. My sister does nothing but sing Beetlejuice now. I think like a lot of 16-year-olds who are into <laughs> theater. Um, and then I saw Oklahoma for the second time because that was my gift to myself uh, the week before I left New York. So I am no longer living in New York City. I'm back in North Carolina, um, but very excited to be here and also very excited to now be a Broadway World Raleigh uh, reviewer. So looking forward to seeing some really cool stuff in the area soon. Um, I've got a, a production of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder that I will be reviewing in August. Mm. So oh, Have you seen that show yet? I love that show so I've much. never seen it. I've listened to the album, but I've never seen it. It is hysterical i'm so excited it's so great yeah so i will i will be reporting soon on the uh north carolina theater scene well mazel tov on the move and the new job we look forward to seeing you know all the great content that you put out and hearing more of you on the podcast so that's really great uh dan what have you caught up with um not much unfortunately uh i since the tony's i kind of haven't I've tried to see a lot of things, but the lotteries haven't been in my favor. <laughs> um, just before, just, literally just before the Tonys, I won the lottery to see the Share Show and Tootsie within a week of each other. And since then, it's been no luck, nothing. <laughs> um, I did, however, recently take my mom as a a combined Mother's Day slash birthday slash retirement present to see the prom uh, for my second time seeing it. And I it's it, I thought it was even better the second time around. It, it really is just one of the highlights of this past season. And I am so, so, so sad it's closing. 
Yeah, it's really sad that the show is closing, but I'm going to segue that really quickly into Casey, because I think you have something yeah. similar to say. Uh, <laughs> you think? Yeah, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, this past weekend, me and Michael went up to New York and saw the prom, and oh god, I love it so much. I love how just Yay. like just like nice, wholesome fun, but still like some, you know... Some cursing and dirty jokes in there, obviously. <laughs> I'd have had to bring me there, so. It's, it's very irreverent. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know, I just left feeling so good. Like, I've never watched people's bows and then the post bows and just, like, had the biggest smile on my face of just, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah just so happy. I mean, there's obviously, like, you know, some pain and sadness in there, and I think it shows that very well. But yeah, I just I really love it, and I I think it'll live on well in tours and the movie and you know high school and community theater productions eventually. So the whole theater was happy that day. You know the oh, energy yeah. in that room after the Tonys a few weeks before closing. I mean, I think Casey can attest to this, sitting next to me. I was like hysterical the entire time. You were. It was so nice. It was like you know it's it's nice when people like things, and it's nice being like in a collective of people liking something it feels it's a good energy and it felt great absolutely i, I back everything dan and casey just said there i think the prom is uh, for me the highlight of the previous broadway season so wonderful to catch up with it uh and i urge the listeners here you have until august 11th please if you can make your way to broadway and check this show out it is really just such a good time and you won't regret it and otherwise, get ready to uh buy your tour tickets as soon as as they mm-hmm. announce yeah, yeah, which probably won't be until after the Netflix movie comes yeah, out. 2021 yeah. is when it launches, and the Netflix movie will be fall of 2020, apparently. So, but that Netflix movie is a topic for a whole other podcast. We spend a whole podcast oh, breaking down that cast. I'm sure we will talk about that on a podcast at some I'm point. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I want to pass it over along to Cody because I know he has something really interesting going on, and I want to give some time for him to discuss that. Uh, yes, I have not seen any shows because I've been too busy mm, being in one. So if anybody <laughs> is in Chicago, you have one weekend left. Hopefully this comes out before we close on Sunday. But if it's before July 28th, come see me in Afterglow at Pride Films and Plays. It's a intimate three-person queer drama. Um, I hear you giggling, Dan. <laughs> intimate. Yes, I was uh, intimate. Uh-huh. Yep. In all implications of the word. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, come see. I'm pretty proud of my work. Um, yeah, it's a it's a we've been running since March. So uh, we just hit our 62nd performance, which is like, oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, it has uh, not allowed me to see anything because I've been too busy. But I mean, I'm doing theater, so I can't complain. So tell us about the show. Oh, the show. OK. Oh, boy. So uh, it is about an established uh, married couple, me and um, this uh, other actor. And we invite a third man into our relationship and uh, drama ensues. I can't really say anything more. Uh, it ran off Broadway a few years ago, and I know it was kind of um, infamous. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, its advertising was like Fantastic two poster. guys in a shower. <laughs> Nick Which, um, yeah. It tells you kind of what the show you know. uh, Yeah. It, 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 it is um, definitely R rated for sure. But, um, you know, don't bring the kids. But yeah, come see it here in Chicago. I've, I've seen some production photos and it looks great so <laughs> i i would urge everyone to go if i was in chicago i would be there <laughs> thank you so much yeah we would do like next best theater field trip 
Totally. All right. So, so when Cody goes on tour with this play, well, we're all going to make it a priority to check it out, right? Oh yeah, come see us in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. We'll be a hit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, if you're in Chicago, if this episode is up in time and he is still on stage, please go check Cody out because I know he's been spending a lot of time with this play, and uh, we're very proud of him and the show and everyone here at the Next Best Theater. So, thanks, Dad. Good going, everyone. <laughs> but especially Cody. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so. Enough about what we've been doing lately. Let's get into what this episode is really about. I am going to pass it over to Casey Lee Clark here because we are here to talk about one of her favorite shows, but I think a favorite show of the whole team here at Next Best Theater. But I think it was just fitting for Casey to lead us in this discussion here. This will be Casey's first discussion or first review of a musical. So I want to have her introduce it, talk about her connection to the material, and then we're all going to jump in. And talk about said show. So, Casey, the floor is yours. Yeah, so we're going to spend this lovely podcast talking about falsettos, a show that I love so much. I think I discovered it right before the Tonys of that year, of that most recent revival, um, because it has such an all-star cast, and I always love fun, queer shows, and I'm very into William Finn from 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and this show has just become so special to me. It's one of those where it's the first three-fourths are so funny, and then the last 15 minutes tear your heart out, and I cry so much. And I think the thing that I love the most about this show is I feel like, because it's mostly sung through with like little lines here and there, it feels like what musicals are in that sometimes your emotions are so strong that the only way you can get them out is sing, and I feel like that's what so much of this music feels like and how it's portraying the lives of these characters. And yeah, I don't know. I, I love to know what everybody else thinks about it because I love it so much. So I don't know who to go to first if we want to, what the, what order we want. Well, I recently saw the tour actually um, about a month and a half ago, which uh, if we're doing like, you know, introductions to the show, I actually didn't know this show too well. I had listened to the original Broadway. I mean, there's not really a cast recording of falsettos, but if you listen to March of the Falsettos and then Falsettos in order, it, you know, creates uh, a, a virtual cast album, if you will. And I listened to the revival, but I hadn't seen it and I didn't really know much about it other than it's William Finn and it's about um, uh, non-typical, non-heteronormative relationships and a lot of Judaism. Uh, <laughs> and so I went to see it and I saw the first half and I was like, wow, what great fun. What a nice, you know, uh, zany kind of uh, like almost... Oscar Wilde-esque like comedy of manners and uh, traditions. And then act two is uh, less that. It's a little devastating. But I was really struck by how how much the score really uh, works in compendium with the passion of the characters. And it, it, it totally fits the mood as the, as the show goes along. You know, the first half is a much more quirky sounding score. And the second half is much more lush and romantic and sad. And it really struck me. I really enjoyed it. Great. Who else? What else? What other opinions do we have around the around the table here? Right, I'm going to jump on that next, and I'll say that my relationship with Falsetto started probably right after the 2016 revival ended. It was uh, early 2017, and I had heard that the show was a big deal on Broadway. I knew that it started Andrew Reynolds, uh, Christian Burrell, uh, all these great people, Stephanie J. Block, of course, uh, Brittany Uranowitz. But for some reason, I just, you know, had no interest in going up to Broadway and seeing it. I just 
didn't know enough about it. And in hindsight, that is one of the greatest regrets of my life in going to Broadway because this has turned into one of my favorite shows in the years since. And I just think, you know, the way William Finn writes his shows, you know, pretty much all sung through, they are so witty, so clever, and they just, you know, have a real sense to them that you feel like you're experiencing something that only he could do. And I know that sounds so stereotypical that when you, you know, listen to a show, it's like, oh, only Sondheim could do this. Only Andrew Lloyd Webber could do this, you know, so on and so on. But William Finn, it's like literally no one else can write scores the way that he does. And there's something about this material that just sucks you in. And maybe it's just me being Jewish and hearing all the references, the bar mitzvah, uh, you know, relating a little bit too much to the kid Jason at times. Uh, it's just really interesting. And I listened to this album over and over and over again during early 2017, to the point where I probably have parts of it memorized now. And we were so lucky later that year when a filmed version of the revival from 2016 was put out into movie theaters and later Broadway HD. So to have this production live on, to introduce it to a new generation of theater goers is just a really special thing. And I'm so glad to have been associated with the show because it's really a special one. Yeah, I loved that film version so much. I saw it when they played it in the that one night only in the theater and it and it felt like almost as close as you could probably get to being in a theater but through the screen of like everybody around me laughing and crying and it was a really surprisingly a lot of people showed up and that was really nice. Yeah, it but took yeah, some yeah. of the sting away from yeah. not seeing it live. This yeah. is a uh, a good place for me to jump in, I think. <laughs> um, I I mean, first of all, plug for Broadway HD. I'm really passionate about film theater. I did my master's dissertation on film theater. Um, and Broadway HD has a really great selection of titles that are growing every day. Um, now they have Kinky Boots and Miss Saigon. Go check them out. But I remember vaguely knowing of Falsettos whenever it was on Broadway, just because I'm a huge Stephanie J. Block fan. Um, and then whenever I saw her Tony's performance, I was like, you know, good Lord, what is this? Um, and so I listened to the album from that revival. I don't think I, I actually haven't ever listened to the the original, uh, you know, like C Cody was talking about the kind of albums that you can put together to make up falsettos. Um, but liked it, but wasn't like super into it, to be quite honest. Um, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Wim Finn's work. Um so I, you know, I'd listened to it a time or two and then kind of had forgotten about it. Um, and then whenever Casey said that she was going to be doing this podcast, I realized it was time for me to watch it on Broadway HD. And I watched it actually last night. <laughs> um, procrastination station here. And I was really impressed with it. It's still, it's not my favorite score with a couple of exceptions. Um, there are some really nice songs, but just not my favorite. But I actually think that it's an interesting thing because it's the story itself that's so strong to me and the characters. And it's such a unique show. Um, and I just, I think the cast of the revival was absolutely stunning. I think it's an interesting show in that it really does like lull you into this place of like, almost a sense of like false complacency in the first act. And then you're like, ah, this is so fun. And then the second act kills you. Um, 
yeah, and it's I I I think it's a really good show, and I think it's a really important uh, piece of theater as well. Um, so maybe not my favorite, but I'm really excited to get to discuss it with you guys, and also really thrilled for the glories of film theater that let me experience like yes, a lesser version, but still a version of the revival of this show. Okay, well that leaves me, um, and I have the longest history of this show out of anyone here. Um, I, as a lover of Broadway from a very young age, um, falsetto has kept coming up in searches for musicals that um, would be relatively easy for community theater to produce that I was looking at um, when I was in college and had graduated from college and was um working on these sorts of things because it has a small cast, doesn't need a humongous band, doesn't need a humongous set, and it's not done very often. It's got a teeny um, tiny band. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> teeny show. tiny band. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, and so I, I, the first time I heard of it, I, I want to say that I was like either a senior in high school or a freshman in college, somewhere around there. And I kept, you know, looking for the original Broadway cast recording and was so um, confused that it didn't exist (laughs) (laughs) because it was on Broadway. It won Tony's, you know, and like there, there is evidence that they performed at the Tonys, <laughs> filmed evidence that you can find on YouTube, and you should because it's fantastic. But I was very confused, and eventually found out that it was two off-Broadway musicals that each had recordings that were put together to be on Broadway, and I was thrilled by this that I was I could not believe that like that such a thing was possible um and I bought both March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land straight away and was slightly obsessed with some of the songs um like Mega was talking about how you know no one can write the musicals that William Finn writes um there are some songs in here that the lyrics are just so clever and go by at such a fast pace that you can hardly imagine how the performers are able to get out these lyrics. Um, and of course the whole thing about growing up Jewish and, um, having your bar mitzvah obviously spoke to me on a very personal level. And then, um, you know, the gay stuff also spoke to me on a very different level. (laughs) The gay stuff. (laughs) I I don't know what else to call it. (laughs) The gay plot line, whatever the gay characters, the things that these people are dealing with. It, it all spoke to me like on a very deep personal level that I was not able to, to fully understand until I saw it live, which was with the most recent Broadway revival, which I had the, um, the dumb luck to see the day after the 2016 election. Wow. So you can just imagine how the end of this musical played. (laughs) 
<laughs> on that particular day. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of the full review of the 2016 Broadway revival of Falsettos from the Next Best Theater podcast. In order to get more of their podcast content, head on over to Patreon, where if you type in Next Best Picture, you will get the Next Best Theater podcast episodes, Next Best Series podcast episodes, and yes, of course, our Next Best Picture podcast, Patreon-exclusive podcast reviews. For $1 minimum a month, all of this can be yours, so head on over to Patreon and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Theater podcast. You can subscribe to them under the Next Best Picture umbrella on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player FM, Acast, and also on CastBox. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.